Are you ready to become toxic person proof? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah. And when I started this podcast, it was like the world was shut down. No one could ever see each other. And so now it's so fun to have people that I have met and loved in real life. And that is today's guest, Allison Campbell. Hello. How are you, Allison? Good morning, Sarah. I'm great. How are you? Well, we met in Nashville, Tennessee, which is why my my viewers are probably like, whoa, Sarah's in like a denim jacket. That's different. So, but I, I went with my um bluegrass country music roots because I knew we were going to be discussing music and discussing stardom and becoming the star of your own life. Um, And why is this topic important to you, Allison? I think it's so important for anyone, no matter where you are, just putting yourself first. This society tells us, Sarah, as you know, so often to it's, you, you just come last, right? You know, you're a working mom, you know, you got to take care of your children, got to take care of, you know, your husband, you got to take care of your, you know, family, whoever that is in your life. But often we put ourselves last. So we have to remember to put ourselves first, if we're going to be able to pour into others. Oh, absolutely. And it's a, even the concept of like being a nice girl, even though I do want to be nice, you've met me. I am nice. You're nice. Right. But, but it can also be something that people can use to control us. Right. hundred percent. You and I bonded over this because we mm-hmm. both are from, you know, the Midwest that's just ingrained, you know, to just be a nice lady and, you know, keep it moving. But unfortunately you're right. People do take advantage of that and we have to learn where to draw those boundaries. Absolutely. And when people have taken advantage of that or experienced toxic situations, toxic relationships, I know that there are two things, uh, especially that really meant a lot to you in your healing journey. Uh, what were those? Well, writing, 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 writing. And that included writing music as well as literally getting a piece of paper out, a journal writing for days, Sarah, days and days and days after healing from some toxic relationships. That is what definitely brought me out of where I was in a really bad place. And it really helped me find freedom. Mm -hmm. And writing after a toxic relationship, we can get so stuck in our heads, right? It's like, ah, did this happen? Did it not happen? Did it happen like I remember? You know, I mean, all those pieces. Um, And getting things on paper can really like, oh, whoa, that really did happen. Oh, it was really bad this time last month. It's not really getting better, you know, or the the toxic person isn't changing. Is that kind of what you used it for? Yeah. And I think it's getting out of our head, Sarah, you know, there's research and I don't have all the stats today, but you can look it up and you can see literally putting those thoughts on paper and getting out of your head for so many reasons. It has so many healing qualities writing. So that's getting out of our, our own heads, which is that internal chatterbox that, like you said, is going to tell us lots of things, lots of things that are untrue as well. Right. Lots of overanalyzation, lots of things that you're not good enough. You know, all of these things, right that help us really kind of change the narrative, not in a good way often, you know, because we're inside that internal chatterbox that says, you know, you're not good enough or whatever it is. Right. And so often we need to learn to turn those thoughts off and putting them on paper, whether you read them again, whether you put it in the fireplace and you burn it, whatever it is, I think is really important. Maybe you revisit that, that someday for a book, right, Sarah? I mean, there's so many healing qualities 
to literally sitting down and writing. And I encourage everyone to do this, you know, every day, if you can, even if it's five minutes, gratitude journals, you probably heard Mm -hmm. about that. Just even thinking about, I know we heard from some speakers at the summit we met at Sarah that said she gets out. She's one of the top executives and she Mm -hmm. literally just five minutes in the morning, three things she's grateful for from the last 24 hours. We're not talking like big picture, pie in the sky, all these things, because it's day to day, but literally it changes your train of thought into a positive one to think about what you are grateful for instead of remaining in that negative space. Well, I know one of the things that we're both grateful for is the influence of music in our lives. Also, one of the things that we connected on as we met in Music City. So <laughs> perfect, yes, perfect example. Yeah. So um, why don't you, I know a lot of our listeners are very artistic and musical and have um, some sort of background in that as well. So what is music meant to you in, as far as healing? Yeah, I mean, I'm so excited that we're chatting today, Sarah. I'm glad we get to talk about music. I'm so glad so many of your listeners are connected to music as well. Music started for me at a young age and has meant so much. I grew up, you know, in children's choruses. I grew up actually auditioning from a very young age. So having to get that sense of acceptance or rejection. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And I was fortunate to train under some of the best mentors, not only in music, but as well as I was developing as a child which was a blessing having music in my life for structure, for practice. I relate a story to you that one of my impact moments was when my grandmother, my own grandmother kicked me out of her piano studio in second grade because she said, you're not practicing enough, Allison. And I would remember my mom would set the timer, you know, by the piano and, you know, you were a piano major, so you get this. You're like, practice, practice, practice. And, you know, at times you're just so burnt out, even though you love doing it, you're just like, really, do I have to, you know? And so that moment taught me, not that my grandma was mean, <laughs> but that she's grandma, this relationship this way isn't going to work because it, you know, she knew she would also be too soft on me and she knew what I needed to go to the next level. So she sent me to a piano teacher that changed my trajectory as well in music. And, you know, I learned from some of the best and I got to really hone those skills. And then throughout life, um, you know, I, I found musical theater. So we talked about really like fi- finding your own stardom, right. And finding your own, like stepping into your true self. That really was musical theater for me, Sarah. Those moments in, I would say, eighth grade is when I really found musical theater. It started in children's choirs, but musical theater really brought me out of my shell. I was actually kind of a a shyer child. Uh, It's just hard for people to believe now, but I was an only child. I grew up, I had to make friends. I didn't have siblings to, you know, fall back on or like make introductions. I literally was out there just trying to make friends and musical theater brought out this new voice in me. It's like, wow, here's some other dynamic people. Here's a way I can use my voice and make people happy and inspire people, which brings us to the current day, Sarah, which is exactly what I'm about. I want to light up every room I walk into with my music. I want to inspire as many people as I possibly can and leave that legacy because that's what God's put me on the earth to do. Within my work, I I use a point about being the main event of your own life. And I have a very significant background in musical theater as well. You know, I I know we just have so much in common, but um, within that process, right? It's like, man, like I want to be my own leading lady. I don't want to be the extra in someone's life. I don't want to just be the support staff for someone else to be the star. And and not in a narcissistic way. I think everyone 
should be the star in their own life. We have different roles. We have different purposes. Um, but when I ask women like, oh, what's your purpose here? And it's like, well, <laughs> what they don't say is I'm afraid to put myself out there. So I only try out for supporting roles, you know, even the supporting role of mother, the supporting role of um accomplice to a toxic person or, you know, wife to a toxic person, daughter, whatever mm-hmm. that is. Um, I, we, I know um, CL Jackson Crystal talked about, she's like, oh, at the summit that we were at, she was like, oh my gosh, all these people were talking about how good I was at my job. And I never saw it. I never put myself out there. Right. And so whatever the circumstance is, I think we all have um, a right to be the leading lady in our own life. Not only a right, I love what you said, and I love your analogy, sir, because I think that puts it into perspective, whether you're a musical person or not, it kind of gives you the characters in our own lives, right? That's mm-hmm. awesome. But it's not only the right, it's you deserve to be mm-hmm. here. You deserve to be the star of your own life. And so often we're told, and we started talking this way, but kind of you know, with the nice thing, at least where we come from, right. is also like, Oh, you got to stay here, you know, be a lady. That means be subdued, be this, be that, whatever you were told, wherever you grew up as a child, those have made our way, you know, and and collectively as a society, as women, even in the boardroom, you know, this is something we talk about as women entrepreneurs, right? Sarah, we heard at the summit, how often women are just dismissed, you know, Mm -hmm. it's really interesting. Um, The co-presenters of the conference I was talking to yesterday called Boss Talks, who are incredible women, bringing women from all over the country together. They were getting laughed at by male colleagues when they would present these, you know, opportunities and when they were building the network. And I remember one of the co-founders, Wendy, saying to me, you know, I was in law and I remember somebody doing this to me. And she said, that was the moment she said, this has, this has to stop, you know? And, and so I think we all have those moments where we've been made to feel whether, oh, we have to mind our P's and Q's like this and just be in the corner or be dismissed or, you know, be laughed at because, you know, uh, you know, whether it's our hair color or how we look or what our voice is or whatever. Right. I mean, we've all had these moments and to your point, we have to step into our power that we deserve as the leads in our life and not let mm-hmm. anyone's outside judgment affect that. And that is so hard to learn. It took me a long time as a, someone who likes to be liked as a people pleaser, as someone who's very nice, wants to have people like them, that not everyone is going to like you period. Stop. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, my husband, uh, I've been working on an article on perfectionism today for Authority Magazine. And I was talking to my husband about perfectionism and that type of thing. And he said, LeBron James is the best basketball player in the world. But every time he plays, someone says something bad about his playing, like every single time, you know, but if he decided, I'm not a huge basketball fan, but if he decided not to play basketball, because one, you know, every time he plays, someone's going to criticize him. Gosh, we literally, we would not move forward as a society if that's no, the path everyone no. chose. I, I, speaking of LeBron, I don't know if everyone's seen the shop on HBO. It's an incredible series, but he has these barbershop talks with all kinds of celebrities, influencers who have, mm-hmm. who've made it from music to other sports. And they talk about this exact thing you're saying. So even at the top performing levels, there's critics at every level. There's always going to be the critics you're talking about. So are you trying to 
please those critics? Are you trying to talk to the people who are and deserve to hear your message? I love it. So I know that you have lots of music that that you put out, I mean, still today. So what is the process that you walk through? Because it's always scary. You put out a new book, you put out a new piece of music, you put out a new podcast, you put whatever it is that you're putting out in the world. Uh, How do you get past the fear? I love this question. And I want to have everyone write this down right now. So whether you're listening or watching us, feel the fear and do it anyway. It was a book written in the (laughs) 1980s. I don't know if you've read it, Sarah, but it's so amazing. And I've recently discovered this book was sitting dusty on my aunt's bookshelf in Florida. And I needed a book. And I was like, I love, you know, I always love the self-help books anyway, but it is exactly that. Guess what? You can either always be in a place of fear or you can be in a place of action. And so in the book, and, and this is something really awesome. I have on my whiteboard that I look at every day. It's called the pain to power model. The pain okay. model is that internal chatterbox we started talking about, right? Which is that idea that like, just I'm listening to the voice in my head saying, I'm not good enough. I'm using that as an example today, but whatever that is, whatever the negative thought is, that's telling you to stay in a relationship that's not working for you to stay put where you are, all these things. We have the opportunity to move from that pain to power scale. So instead of saying this never works out, you reframe that to say the power side would say life is an adventure. I'm learning. And here's Mm -hmm. another thing I want to offer from the fear perspective. And I'll talk about how music fits into that too, Sarah. This was so freeing for me, literally. Um, There's so many great little visuals and, and snacks in this book, but the top of this sits a big choice. Let's just say a big choice or any choice we have in life. A lot of people are paralyzed by the fear of choice. Oh my Mm -hmm. gosh. If I make this decision, uh, all these things are going to happen. Did I make the right decision? Oh my goodness. So that also paralyzes us in action. So at the top is your choice. Side A is goodies and side B is goodies. And I love that because (laughs) no wrong decision. There's not a wrong decision. You're going to learn something from either path. And I just read that recently. And since you mentioned fear, I had to mention that because that has been so freeing for me. And I think for so many women listening to you who are ready to step into that next level, but maybe paralyzed by that fear of like, what do I do next? Maybe, you know, like you talk to many strong women every day. It's not about Maybe if they're good enough, maybe they're just like, I don't know if this thing is going to work out. This person might leave me so on and so forth. You have to, again, put yourself in that starring world because are you going to be miserable if you stay here? And what if, yes, the new decision is really out there for you, but you know, you took that step and there's goodies along both paths. So I'll pause there, Sarah, because I want to talk about how music fits in that. But I think it's really important to talk about the overall context of why the fear and how we move past it. I love it. And we always think about a choice between like a rock and a hard place. And we kind of forget to look at the the good of either choice, too. We got our brains are designed to keep us safe. So it's like, ah, we we go the bad, the bad, the bad. Um, And we forget the um, cost benefit of, uh, you know, there's like, there's a cost to every choice, right? And there's a cost to not making a choice. There's indecision is a decision. Not moving forward is a choice, right? Uh, Deciding, okay, I'm never going to put out music. I don't want people to talk bad about me. So I'm just never going to put out music. I think part of it is just being honest with yourself Mm because what we say, we lie to ourselves and say, well, I'll decide later. Right. Rather than exactly it. Well, and mm -hmm. it's the perfection thing, right. That you were talking about too, 
as women who are, let's just say overachievers, you know, I think pretty Mm -hmm, much mm -hmm. that's a lot of us. Um, we are often wanting to have the product perfect and whatever perfect means to you, maybe that's the typeface or the color choices. I mean, <laughs> yes. it can go down to that, right? We all know, yep. oh my gosh, is this going to turn someone off? Is this, is this word going to, ah, and there goes the chatterbox again. So there sits the inaction. So my old CEO at an ad agency I worked at and our creative director would always say the perfection paralysis, because right. I'm telling you, if you guys have ever, anyway, it's a really cool case study when you think about it, but in an advertising agency, there's the, all these creatives. That's all they do all day. They create, they create, they create, they make storyboard after storyboard after storyboard, Sarah, they have to rewrite the copy, rewrite the copy. So you could literally look at so many things on the wall and like put so many new things on the wall that you are literally stuck in perfection paralysis and you cannot make a decision. And that is that I think it is a fear, right? A fear of like, oh my gosh, this isn't going to land right or whatever it is. And so we just have to move past that and know being in action is going to create results. Mm -hmm. They may Mm -hmm. not again, I want to, I want to caution it's, it's, it's not going to happen, you know, maybe overnight that a lot of, you know, we talked about this on our call yesterday, Sarah, it's, it's time you, you have to give yourself time too. So have realistic expectations, but get in action, you know, and maybe that means calling a friend saying, Hey, I really want your thoughts on this, but you know what, regardless, I'm going to move forward. I need a final set of eyes on this, but I know this is my ex date to move forward. You know, everybody's works a little bit differently, but I think putting it in the context of this will touch people. And if I'm not putting out my product, then I am depriving people from being able to hear, see, feel, do, you know, all of these things that I would, that is my mission. That is my legacy. I know you have a new product uh, and a part of your legacy. Um, There's a phrase with toxic relationships and people will say, don't be a doormat. And I know that you have uh, created um, some work around that. Yes. Yes. I didn't know where you're going with the fill in the blank. So (laughs) I love it. Yes. Yes. So I'm launching a new country EP. It's called who says Mondays are bad. And it was written literally on a Monday because I also want to change how we perceive Mondays. And so everything kind of ties into that, but our, it's our lead single, it's called doormat and it's all about not getting walked on. So the writing prompt that inspired the song for me in this really cool book, by the way, songwriters out there, definitely pick it up. It's called how to write a song, Jeff Tweedy from Weezer. It's amazing. Even if you want to reignite that writing spark for yourself is this prompt of looking at an inanimate object in the room and then writing about how that inanimate object would feel because it takes it outside of yourself. The song may end up being about yourself, but ultimately you're writing kind of from this other voice, which is really, really cool. So that's how doormat was inspired. How does a rug feel is literally the prompt Mm. in the book. And so then I started just writing, how does the rug feel? The rug gets walked on, right? The rug feels like, why am I not getting enough attention? I'm doing all this for you. I help you wipe the mud off your feet. I help you do all these things, but I'm overlooked. So then it made its way into the song about a man in the song who is saying to the woman, you know, every night do all these things for me. Right. And the woman's just, just, just there looking pretty, doing all of his cooking, doing all of these things. 
But it's not until she takes the power to say, wait, I'm tired of getting walked on that the power comes back to her and she flips the script and walks out that door on him. Oh, and becomes a star of her own life, right? Exactly. Oh, I love that. I love that. (laughs) Allison, tell people where they can find more out about you, more about your music and your work. Yeah. So I'm at music to change the world.com and on Instagram at music to change the world now. And that is the best place. We're going to be doing some exclusive previews and drops and some goodies. Speaking of goodies for, you know, fans that are early in as well. So definitely stay tuned. Awesome. And I know this is not goodbye to Allison. This is just hello to her in my world. And we've got some fun things planned on the music side uh, for you guys. So uh, this is just hello, Allison. <laughs> hello. hello. <laughs> you we all know the pageant wave. You know, you know yes. We're going to talk about the pageant real quick before we go. Can we? You know, you could talk about the pageant. You know, I just was so inspired by Sarah, if you're listening, and I'm sure all of you are inspired if you're listening to her every week, because it's amazing what you're doing, but taking the leap to do something insert here that scares you, right? That was surfing for me, Lester. As weird as that sounds, I'm a swimmer. I teach aqua fitness classes, but, and I live in Southern California, but I was like scared of literally getting in the ocean. So I did it. I had an amazing time and I conquered that fear. And I know you, uh, you did the pageant thing last uh, last year? You know? I did, yeah, a couple yeah. years ago. So if, if anyone is new to, to, to my story, so I did my first beauty pageant at 37 after having two nine-pound babies. I had to do a swimsuit competition, had to do... Now, Allison, here's what's so sad about it. There was no talent competition uh, part of this. So if I ever did a... I'm not going to do a pageant again, but I that's my only regret of the pageant experience is there was no talent competition because that's like... <laughs> Where I would like shine. It's my thing. Yes. It's my thing. But yeah. So people's like, oh my gosh, you did a pageant. Was that fun? I'm like, no. And they kind (laughs) of laugh. And they were like, well, why did you do it? And I said, I talk people into doing scary things all the time. And as our world grows and it's like, I've got a book, I've got, I'm on different podcasts every week. I'm on my own podcast. Like I, I put myself out there a lot. And so my, um, edge of what feels scary has gotten quite a bit larger, but I will tell mm. you, your first swimsuit competition at 37 in the midst of COVID uh, against 23-year-olds who've been married like six weeks. Like wow. they're misses and I'm misses. I am pretty sure that is not the same thing. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, but so it was scary. It was a great experience. I'm now a speaker for the event, which is really what I wanted to do <laughs> and be connected. That is so awesome though. You, know, well, you put yeah. yourself out there. That's a perfect example of even when you're scared, you're just going to do it anyway and move past the fear. And the more we take those actions, the bigger our world becomes, like you said, the more it mm-hmm. expands, which is really exciting. And you learn so much. You got goodies from both making that decision, both paths. I did, including yes. learn how to walk in really high <laughs> heels. Really high heels. So just how this conversation came up, I think with Allison and I, we were yes. at the, the summit. And she's like, oh my gosh, how are you walking in those heels all day? And I was like, well, actually, funny story. These are <laughs> nothing compared to what <laughs> It's amazing. I was so impressed, everybody, because Sarah was literally walking all day in these really tall heels. I was like, how are you doing that? So great. Oh, I'll send you a screenshot of the pageant heels. The, the we'll heels I to. had on. 
you ain't seen nothing yet. You know, that old song. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. Awesome. Allison, thank you for helping us learn to become the star in our own lives and not be doormat. So you guys check out the show notes with Allison's goodies and songs and talk to you soon. Thanks for helping us become toxic person proof. Have you ever wished, oh, I wish I could just work with Sarah. If so, go right now to sarahkramsey.com. Check out the program section and see if the Wondrous Woman program is right for you. I help people reconnect with what's right with them, become toxic person proof, and design lives they're excited about living. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know that there was something that you can take away to help you get past the past, get real about the present, or get serious about your future. And if I did my job, then hopefully it will help you with all three. If you are not in my Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship, then consider this your personal invitation from me. I'm there live. There's tons of support. And most importantly, tons more information to help you on your journey to become toxic person proof.